0: But well, let's go to the phone lines and talk with Juan Carlos Blanco from the lines. Talk some NFL Week Eleven with him. Juan, how are you this evening?
1: Uh, doing great, guys. I don't think we've had a chance to uh, to talk yet during what's been a great, great NFL season so far. So I'm really glad to be able to get on here with you guys tonight. Uh, it, we're we're going into the best part of the year, I think, obviously of the season, and it's already been great. So. I'm lo- really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, man. Appreciate you joining us. It, week ten last week was just unbelievable. Bills and Vikings is probably one of the greatest games we we've ever seen. Exactly. I, it was just unbelievable. We have some good matchups this week. I want to start with the Chargers and Chiefs game on Sunday night because one, this game is moving fast and furious. Kansas City opened as seven-point favorites, went down to six and a half. Now it's at six. Herbert is excellent as a big underdog seven and one against the spread as a dog of three or more points. Chiefs already beat him once this season. It's tough to beat a team two times. What do you make of chiefs chargers Kansas city favored by six in the total at 50?
1: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting line to follow. I think all the way up to, uh, to the weekend, because it looks like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both jumped back into practice yesterday or on Monday, I believe for the chargers. So uh, we're going to, you know, if, if they're in, obviously we have a completely different uh, Chargers offense here that we're working with. And uh, in the, since Herbert uh, took over starting duties in 2020, I think it's a three and two record for Kansas City against Los Angeles. But those three victories have come, all of them basically by real narrow margins. So it's clear that this is a, a two teams that match up pretty closely to each other. Obviously, if the two big receivers aren't there for, for Herbert, it's going to make it more of a challenge. But We've seen him, uh, you know, really perform well under those kinds of circumstances. The last two weeks, nearly uh, pulling off a a win, uh, you know, in another very tough road environment, in uh, in San Francisco on Sunday night. So honestly, this is a game that I think, if we're going to see the line, I think maybe even shrink a little bit further, and and especially if either Allen or Williams is announced as being available.
2: JC, why do you think that Vegas is sleeping on or undervaluing? both New York football teams?
1: The Giants are really not doing it in a typical flashy fashion, right? But we've seen that what the value of a coaching staff is. I mean, probably the best example this year might be right there uh, with Brian Dable and what he's been able to do with his assistants for this team and for Daniel Jones and so forth, uh, players that just weren't reaching their potential before. So I think that that has a lot to do with it as far as it, these might be really big market teams, obviously, that just aren't doing it in really spectacular fashion on offense. Same applies to the Jets to a certain degree. Uh, Obviously, losing Brees Hall hurt them, you know, as far as the wow factor on their offense. But regardless of that, you know, these uh, defensive-centric teams, we've seen them go very far before, including uh, in New New York with the Giants uh, back in the uh, day with Bill Parcells and so forth and Belichick. So these two teams have uh, really as good a shot, I think, as anyone to at least claim their divisions, for starters. It's will will be a little harder to probably get out of their conferences in the postseason without a little bit more than what they've shown in the passing attacks. But, yeah, you know, that remains to be seen as far as, you know, what other injuries might strike other teams and things like that.
0: Juan, you know, we haven't talked much about this game because both teams are gross. They've been very disappointing this season. But the the Raiders are at the Broncos this week. Denver's favored by 2.5. The over-under is 41 and a half. Both teams are just coming off tough losses. Denver off a bye. They were up 10 nothing in the first half against Tennessee. They lose that one. And then Vegas, obviously, losing to Jeff Saturday
1: and the Colts.
0: Any thoughts on Raiders-Broncos this week?
1: Yeah, the, these two teams are so hard to get a, a grip on, really, uh, week to week. But we know the Raiders are like the uh, the masters of losing these close games. You figure that the pendulum's got to swing back to them one of these weeks Uh, at the same time. And one of the things I was thinking about with this game is Russell Wilson is going to get a little bit of a break here in terms of pressure, because the Raiders have just been one of the worst uh, defensive pressure teams uh, in the league. So uh, Wilson, I'm not a complete believer that he's just suddenly forgotten how to play, that he's just fallen off the cliff from one year to the next. So uh, giving him some time is going to help. Although the fact that now he's got Jerry Judy down, at least for this week, it looks like is obviously going to hurt him overall but you never know I mean with these two teams and the way they've played the Raiders did beat them the first time as you were saying you know with respect to the Chargers and Chiefs it's hard to get that second uh, win against a division opponent in a season so I give the Broncos a chance here to to really maybe pull pull this one out because Wilson may have more time to throw than he has in other weeks
2: yeah that's really interesting as well what do you make of this Washington Commanders team
1: um I saw today where I guess Heineke's staying in uh, for at least another week as a starter, which doesn't surprise me. I'm not really sure if Wentz would really be 100 percent anyhow for this week, but I'm not surprised that Rivera is going to have to go with the hot hand here because there's so much, uh, I guess, tumultuousness going on with this team, with the franchise as a whole. He has no guarantees on his job for next year, honestly, if things could you know, go south and they were looking pretty bad there for a while. Uh, I don't think he can justify sitting the guy that has kind of led them on a little bit of a run here. But I think as just with last year, Heineke is the type of uh, seat of their pants quarterback that's going to make things happen in a few games and, uh, you know, going to keep you competitive. But ultimately, I think instinctively everybody kind of knows it's not the guy that's going to take you to that next level. Neither is Wentz, potentially, for that matter, the way he's looked the last few years and but I think at some point he gets back into the job because Heineke's limitations, the more he plays, are eventually going to surface, I think.
0: JC, you look at this Bengals and Steelers spread. I saw a stat today that just was very impressive. Mike Tomlin, 16-3-3 three three against the spread as a home underdog. So he really covers the number when the Steelers are dogs at home. They welcome in Cincinnati this week off a bye. What do you make of Bengals-Steelers? The Bengals lay in four Week one, Cincinnati had five turnovers. Burrow had four picks, very uncharacteristic. T.J. Watt back, they win last week. Doing anything in Bengals-Steelers?
1: Yeah, I think this is a game, I mean, I I see Cincinnati, you know, very likely still winning this game outright, especially because they got, uh, like you said, a little bit of, uh, of atonement to do for week one. But the pressure is always a great equalizer. And so just as we were talking about Wilson having improved chances, uh, potentially in his game because of his matchup. I mean, this is a matchup that's going to be problematic for Burrow, probably again because Watt is back, as you said, and he already looked pretty good last week. It's probably going to look better and better each week that he plays going forward. They already gave their offensive line, Cincinnati's offensive line, which is a pretty you know inconsistent week-to-week, to say the least, already gave him plenty of trouble in the opener. So, if that happens again, and without Jamar Chase, I mean, this is who really did hurt Pittsburgh a lot in that week one game. This is going to be a very close game, I feel. It's just a matter of, I think ultimately Kenny Pickett's not going to be able to keep up with Cincinnati's offense and be able to kind of match Burrow for what he's able to do. But I could see it being uh, coming down to a field goal or less.
2: Do you think that the Philadelphia Eagles are being undervalued since they just got their first loss to the Commanders and the Colts are being overvalued because of the Saturday win?
1: Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Like, somebody, uh, you know, coming in like that, just as a surprise hire to begin with, he's already got a a public profile uh, on TV and so forth, and he's got a good personality that comes across well. He's going to capture the imagination of people with, with, you know, getting a win in his first game. And I I think that the Eagles, obviously, right. The worst thing that could have happened, you know, for them losing on national TV to a team that everybody thought they were going to win, it's going to skew perceptions for sure. It's an interesting matchup this week because I I think, you know, with Jonathan Taylor is the type of back that's going to be able to exploit some of those holes that we've seen in the Philadelphia run defense. Uh, Ultimately though, I think Matt Ryan is going to have trouble with the Eagle secondary and, you know, as far as uh, staying upright, I think behind his offensive line and with his lack of mobility. And that's where I think Philadelphia probably bounces back with a, with a road win this week. Are you worried about the bills long-term? No, I mean, as long as Allen's uh, elbow doesn't prove to be anything that just lingers with him for the rest of the season, not, not really. Although Buffalo is another team that people would assume uh, stops the run and actually does have, Uh, a little bit of vulnerability there so I think that that's something they kind of need to tighten up because especially as it gets later in the season obviously teams are going to try to run on them as much as they can if there's a weakness there to to keep the offense off the field and as and as the weather gets worse everywhere anyway especially where they play so I I don't think so but I think the Dolphins have a a real chance to claim that division title I I think it's going to come down to those two teams because like I was saying earlier I think the Jets although they'll have a shot at that at that title. It's going to be hard for them, I think, to match what either one of these two teams can do offensively, unless their defense just you know just plays at such a level that really neutralizes uh, you know either one of those big offenses.
2: Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point, J.C. I'm curious now that we have Deshaun Watson back in the building and he is taking some of the first team snaps away from Jacoby Brissett. Do you think that that matters at all in terms of just like as they're acclimating Deshaun back? whether that sort of changes the complexion of this team in a negative or positive way, as we look forward to the the game against the Texans where Deshaun will most likely be back.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm not really convinced that it does much because I think first of all, Brissette in it went into this, obviously this is not a situation where we have a quarterback controversy per se in the traditional sense. It's kind of a unique situation that everybody knew was coming It's not stemming from anyone's poor play in particular or anything like that. The the team, I think, has obviously been expecting this to happen all along, kind of like how it was happening in training camp for a while before Watson's uh, final discipline was decided and so forth. So uh, at this point in time, with two games, I guess, left to go expected to to go with uh, Brissett's starting tenure, uh, he pretty much is in sync as much as he's going to be in sync with his pass catchers and so forth. And so I think this is something that they're going to do regardless. Uh, they were going to have to do it anyhow, but I think it's something they can afford to do without much, without it really moving the needle much. Uh, the passing game for Cleveland has been okay. He's, you know, Brissette has put up some decent numbers, and he's certainly got some chemistry going with Cooper and with Peoples Jones for sure. But uh, you know, at this point in time, there's no question that Watson will be there. You know, within a couple of weeks under center, so they they have to get him ready.
0: JC, you got about a minute and a half left. Two questions. Your first, what is your best bet of the week in Week 11? And second, who is your favorite outright underdog
1: on the money line? Hmm, okay, well, I'm going to go right off the bat here Thursday night. I, I have an interest in the Packers because I do think that what we saw last week uh, here on Sunday I don't necessarily think it's a one-week outlier, and I think this matchup sets up really well for the passing games to kind of keep that momentum that they started to build. Tennessee's defensive splits on the road and home as far as pass defense are like some of the most drastic in the league. Their secondary is giving up uh, over 300 yards of passing on the road, I think the most in the NFL, and they're really tough to run against uh, on, the, you know, on the road as well. So it kind of funnels a lot toward Rodgers and Watson, and Lazard and so forth, and I think that they can get it done uh, in, in Lambeau and kind of start building a little momentum here. They've got talent. It's just a lot of that talent's uh, inexperienced and has been off the field with injuries, and if they start to, to kind of get some uh, games strung together here, I think that they can do some damage. Yeah, and as far as a, an underdog here, I'm just taking a quick look here at what we've got for the week. Just to uh, to give you here somebody because I, I've looked at a few a few games already early on and broken down a few games this week. I will say, uh, let me just uh, taking a look here. Well, the Vikings actually, and I, they are not very large underdogs by any means. But I've been surprised at the line all along, and especially the fact that they remain home underdogs even after what happened in Buffalo. Uh, It it kind of is just interesting to me that that really hasn't moved the needle enough to put it at least into pick'em territory. So even though they're slim underdogs, I I like them uh, as far as being able to potentially keep it going against Dallas.
0: Love that. All right, Juan, thanks so much. Enjoy the games this weekend. Juan Carlos Blanco from The Lines.